Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. It is that time, once again, right here on TalkZone.com, every Friday morning at 11 a.m., Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Central Time for our listeners in the Midwest. I'm Rich Hallstrom, along with my co-host Zeke Bambolo. It is Motivation with a Purpose one more time in your radio and on your computer. Zeke, we got another fantastic show today with Abby Curran, uh, Miss Iowa 2008, and now the founder of the Miss You Can Do It pageant, her very own creation to help inspire Young girls and women with challenges and special needs. Should be an inspiring show, Zeke. Always, my friend. I cannot wait to let our audience uh, get into learning and knowing who Abby is and uh, how her story is going to impact their lives. Uh, so this is why we do the show, man. This is for people like Abby. I mean, many of our guests, but this is why we do the show, to really talk about these amazing, phenomenal opportunities that we are motivated for the right reason, for the right purpose, and for the right end results. And uh, Abby epitomizes all of that as I have learned to come to know about her. So exciting one once again, my friend. Well, I think one of the key things about uh, the story of Abby Curran today, and we're going to hear it in her testimony as she tells her story, is that one person can begin to make a difference. If that was going to boil down today's show to one specific point, that would be it, Zeke, that one person can make a difference. So I want all of our listeners out there, as they listen to the show live or on podcast, to have that one thought in your minds today. One person can make a difference. And we want to remind you at this time, if you want to find us, find us here at TalkZone.com or find us on Twitter at MWP Radio Man or on Facebook at MWP Radio AM. Become a friend of the show on our Facebook page. We've got over 200 people that have liked the show so far. We want to push that number up and up and change the whole world. So become a friend of the show at MWP Radio AM. And then once again, follow us on Twitter at MWP Radio Man. Zeke, we got a very special survey and contest going on. Tell us about it. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, folks, please don't forget, if you haven't done it already, jump in there, and uh, there are a few uh, prizes to win, mainly uh, so, some books, some audio content uh, from the firstbornson.com. Uh, that is my site. But uh, the survey is for us to find out, again, better who you are, our listeners, our audience, our family here on the Motivation with the Purpose show. We want to know who you are. And so if you go to uh, the website, the show page, there's a banner that you can access the survey right there to let us know the things that are important to you. There are a few questions. You can get it all done in less than two minutes. Uh, you can also go to the Facebook page, and you'll find a link to the survey there as well. But please, help us out. Tell us who you are so that we enhance the quality of this show, so that we target the things that are important to you, and we know exactly how to serve you best. That is our desire. So please, again, the Motivation is the Purpose show on TalkZone.com. You see our survey. Please go ahead and access that. And, yeah, there are some things to add. Depending on what number you are, we have put, we put that also on the uh, I think it's number uh, number 1,000, I believe, Rich, and 250 or something like that, that we have decided that we will uh, pass or give you uh, a prize for being a part of this show and doing the survey. Actually, my friend, you are just about three-quarters right. Let me run down those numbers real quick once again for our listeners. Number 25, number 250, and number 1,000. And they're going to get that very special prize, your book, The Firstborn Son, and a couple of audio gifts go along with that. So Indeed. lots of great things if you just fill out the Motivation with a Purpose survey. Now, Zeke, let's get down to business. 
Abby Kern was born with cerebral palsy, a condition that could have meant a life of difficulties and obstacles, but that is certainly not the case. She is living proof that reaching for the stars can make all the difference in the world. She won Miss Iowa 2008 and competed in the Miss USA pageant that very same year. The very first person with a challenge like hers to ever do something like that. She is true, a true example of motivation with a purpose, and she is Abby Kern, our our very special guest on the show right now. Hi, Abby. How are you? Hi. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Abby, let's get right down to it. What inspired you to pursue pageants in the first place? <laughs> well, I was actually, I mean, I think every, well, at least, you know, around here, every little girl is kind of interested in pageants. There's a big pageant here in my hometown every year at the fair. And so, you know, you're, you're interested. You might not think about doing it, but then, um, someone told me that I couldn't compete in a pageant. They kind of, you know, haha, be realistic. And I just got so angry that I set out to prove them wrong. So I entered my first pageant and I'm pretty sure I got bit by the bug and I've loved it ever since. Abby, this is Zeke here. Uh, thank you, thank you again so much for being on the show and getting the chance to speak with you. As you speak about that, I can't help but just wonder a question kind of off the wall a little bit, but still, I think it aligns with what we're getting to here is, uh, tell me about that first instance that, oh, I mean, where there are butterflies. I mean, what did you, do you recall what you felt as you, as you, you know, got into the, the midst of the actual event? Oh yeah, I was I was very very nervous, and I remember my mom even said, "You signed the paperwork, so you can't quit. You got to follow through with this." And um, I mean, of course, you know, I was just nervous about falling. And this was my first pageant. Was it's huge here in Kiwani at the fair, and someone literally builds the stage, so it's just kind of wood high above gra- a gravel pit. So I was like, oh, no, looking down at this, thinking if I fall, I'm literally going to die. I'm going to fall on the gravel and no one's ever going to find me again. And um, my first pageant, I was so nervous about that. I wasn't even thinking about my wardrobe. And I do kind of, you know, move side to side when I walk a little more than the normal person. And uh, my strapless dress decided to fall right down past my waist. And I pulled a Janet Jackson in front of the uh, oh, grandstand. <laughs> I I did, but I made the top ten. So I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> That's a great recovery, if I ever heard one, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, you know, definitely an experience. Abby, I think your parents, it would be safe to say, have instilled a pretty positive attitude in you. How did they go about promoting that positive attitude? Um, I think that, you know, I just, I was never treated differently. I'm not treated um, like I can't do anything or that my disability should affect my life. I mean, I always tease my mom about the rug situation in our home, and she has some very pretty rugs in our kitchen. And I happen to trip on them often and smack into the floor. And I get so mad. And instead of moving the rugs, she just tells me to pick up my feet. Well, you know better, Abby Curran. You pick up your feet. (laughs) So I think that, you know, most people would assume that we should get rid of the rugs and we should help Abby. But my parents just know that I can do it and expect me to live an average life. Abby, uh, as, as you say that, uh, I think, you know, what would be good for us right now and for our listener audience, especially those who may not know the effects of the condition of cerebral palsy, to please give us an idea of what we're talking about, you know, that people connect with you a little bit at the heart of what you're dealing with as we go into this amazing story down in, in this program. But help us understand a little bit of what is this about, what are you dealing with, and how can they identify with the difficulties you've gone through through life? Well, I'm, I think I'm blessed in the fact that my cerebral palsy is mild, so it really just does affect my walking balance mostly. Um, I mean, if I stand next to something, if I can lean against something, then I have no problem, you know, picking up something heavy or I can carry, you know, a punch bowl full of punch across the room, but I just need something to balance on. And if not, 
uh, things can get a little tricky because I fall easy. So, you know, of course, here in the, the Midwest, it's always great in the winter when my 90-year-old grandma leans on me for support to get into church in the ice. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, this, this that could be a horrible, horrible situation. Mm. Don't ever hold on to me when I have nothing to hold on to, let alone on the iciest, coldest January day in the Midwest. That's just not not a good idea. But um, it's just definitely all about the walking for me and the my coordination, I guess, with my legs and my balance just aren't too too great. So I do tend to fall a lot, and I think I can look at it two ways. I can either look at it as, you know, my life is horrible, I can't believe that this is me, or I choose to look at it as why not, and it gives me an opportunity to hopefully inspire and motivate others with disabilities that, you know, life isn't over, and it's not, it might seem a little more challenging or difficult for us, but I really don't think that it is. It just makes us stronger person. Abby, what is it like for you to be able to motivate people personally with your specific story? What's it like for you to get up every day and know that that's a possibility that you can uh, motivate someone or a group of people on a on any given day? That is so crazy that you even say that because I just always, I mean, Oh man, if you, if you saw me at home here tripping over the rugs and stuff, I just, it's so surreal to think that I can motivate anyone to do anything. Um, but I am just so thrilled and honored when I do realize that I have the opportunity to do that, especially with the girls and my Miss You Can Do It pageant. Um, I, I, I don't know. I know that one of my friends had taught me that accomplishment begins with two words. I'll try and that we never know unless we try. And that changed my life. That that small sentence changed my life forever. And I hope that I can at least pass on that much information to not only people with disabilities, but the, you know, the average person or a child or, you know, a person that's 100 years old, whatever. But I just know that one sentence changed my life forever. And even if I can just pass on that one little piece of motivation that I have in my life, then hopefully it'll affect others as positively as it did myself. Abby, what is your definition of trying? Because a lot of people can say that, hey, I'm going to try this, or I'm really going to give it my best effort. But how can a person make sure that they actually try and really put forth that effort needed to succeed? Well, isn't there a saying called run the race and finish well? So I Mm -hmm. think that until I don't, I mean, I know that you can try for something and, you know, oh, it's just not working out. But I think until you're on the other side of the finish line, you actually haven't tried. I think you need to see, for, you know, foresee the future. It's all about follow through. And then, I mean, I'm not sure what everyone's dreams and, you know, what motivates them actually is. But for me, it was pageants and I have to sit and think, okay, so I really want to be Miss USA. What's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is I compete in Miss Iowa and I lose. And then the next day I'm going to come back home to Kiwani, Illinois, and nobody's going to know. No, Nothing's going to change. Not like my life is going to be extremely worse or extremely better. And the only thing that I can think that, that this is how this could be life-changing is if I do the pageant and win. So basically, I'm in the same situation if you lose. I think everyone is in the same situation if they don't fulfill their dreams. So what's the big deal about trying? Why are you so nervous? It's not like, you know, your life is going to change dramatically just because you tried and you didn't succeed. Do it again. I mean, because once you do succeed is when it's life-changing. Otherwise, you're in the same situation, and that's not horrible. Uh, Abby, does that make yeah, any sense you, at all? Um, hello, I'm sorry. Oh, I said if that made any sense at all. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're here with you. We're going with you. We, <laughs> I want you to take us a little deeper as we, you know, coming up on uh, the segment here. Uh, but you were talking about, uh, for example, when you talk about your difficulties and um, and what you do on a day to day basis for life. 
who we may say, well, you know, let's say we were born a little bit more with uh, necessarily the difficulties that you are, that you have, excuse me. Um, and although we do have a lot psychologically and mentally, we all have our issues. But yes, what I'm guess what I'm asking you to do for us. If when I say when I say the uh, use the phrase when adversity. When adversity, uh, adversity is our best teacher, and when when and when adversity shows, and when a student shows up, the teacher, adversity that is, will teach. When I say that, in your own perspective, what does that? Uh, what what comes to mind? When you say adversity will teach, so adversity is a, is a great teacher for us. And when I use the, the right. phrase or the or the, or the, or the, uh, the saying that when the student shows up with, with regards to adversity. The teacher will teach. So on a daily basis, you're dealing with some tough circumstances. I mean, does, how does that reflect in your own mindset when you hear that phrase? What does that reflect in, in you? What does it What does it bring out? Well, I think that, I mean, it is definitely true, but adversity does teach, and it teaches so well because it teaches you who you are, what you're made of. I mean, for me, if someone wouldn't have told me that I couldn't do something, I would never, ever, ever have thought about competing in the Miss USA pageant. I was dreaming to win the Fair Queen pageant, and that didn't even happen until someone told me I couldn't do it. So I think that you need to be put to the test, and you need to have people say, you know, you can't do anything, because that's when you become really passionate about, you know, your, your own dreams. And it's just, at least for me, the fire and determination I got from all the negativity was incredible. And I actually have to sit down and think back to, you know, yesteryears to be completely inspired and motivated again. And that's when I'm, you know, most able to write a good speech or I'm most able to play in the pageant is when I think back to, you know, years ago when people were just telling me that I couldn't do things like this or laughing at me or even with the Miss You Can Do It pageant saying like, oh, really, you know, is this going to go anywhere? Is this your last year? Of course, it's not my last year. Because once you start something, you need to finish it. So I think that negative negativity is probably the best thing, and it really motivates you. And I think that, I mean, otherwise no one tries. So why not be put to the test and why not be, uh, you know, out there exposed and just nervous and waiting to see what happens and then all of a sudden you realize that you you do have two choices you can sit home and cry or you can show people what you're made of right right i think when we when we as we go along as we come back we want to talk more about your pageant as well but as we kind of look to the end of this segment here in the next uh, minute or two um what would you say was so far and uh, what is life in general what would you say was your biggest challenge Wow, my biggest challenge. I think I'm, I'm just going to squeeze my whole life into a hole and just say that getting people to believe in me in general was my biggest challenge. I mean, I have gotten laughed at so much and, you know, huh, let's be realistic or, you know, put on your seatbelt. Here we go. We're flying to the, you know, dreamland again. And I love it now because today I'm able to say something and people believe that what I'm saying is true. I remember in college, one of my professors, I called her so excited and told her I won Miss Iowa USA, and she didn't believe me. She had to talk to my parents. And I remember her saying, Abby, I Googled it. There was no Miss Iowa pageant last night. You didn't win. I have never been so angry. Mm. So now I know that when I actually say something, when I say I'm working with HBO on a documentary or I'm going to do this incredible radio show, she doesn't question me anymore. People actually believe that I'm realistic. My dreams are realistic and they're because they're, I'm, I mean, 90% of them are a reality. So it's just incredible to be at this point. More with Abby Curran on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose right after this timeout. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed. You are listening to Motivation with a Purpose 
here on TalkZone.com. And we are glad. This is Zeke Bambolo, your co-host here with Rich Hallstrom. And we are glad, absolutely glad to have with us on the show today, Abby Kern. And uh, Abby, uh, as you were closing up that last segment, uh, I had to say uh, the question that I asked about adversity, you gave a perfect answer to that when you talked about being laughed at and all those things. And I think what adversity showed up to teach you and what you are uh, airing out so eloquently right now is the confidence you have gained regardless of your circumstance. That was such a perfect uh, uh, description that you give to my last question to you about adversity. Uh, it was just it was just right the money. You, you described that the challenge of going through people laughing at you and everything, and now the things that you have accomplished as a result, <laughs> they can only sit there and be wowed by it. <laughs> so uh, thanks for allowing adversity to step in there and be your teacher, would you say? Yes, yes, and thank you again for having me on the show. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, I have a friend out there too who has uh, who has been fighting cancer for several years now, and he always makes the comment, uh, "Cancer is my best teacher I've ever had," and I think you're doing some of the same with what you're doing. I want you to tell us, Abby, more if you can, just kind of lead us in here. When did you decide that the Miss You Can Do It pageant needed to become a reality? It was actually the same um, year. It was happening when I did my first pageant back at the fair. I did the pageant. I mean, of course, you know, I had had mentioned that my mom said, you know, once you sign the paperwork, you can't quit. But that was pretty much the only uh, comments I've got from my family. So that that really wasn't negative. It was just, you can't quit. And I went back to school because you had these rehearsals and you'd go back to school then. And um, one of the girls in my high school has severe cerebral palsy. She's beautiful, though. She speaks. I mean, if you know anything about cerebral palsy, you realize your mind is fine. And so she told me that she was so excited that I was doing the pageant because her parents told her she couldn't because people would make fun of her. And she was explaining how, you know, her parents were saying the grandstand would laugh at her. I was so angry at that comment. One, if the grandstand laughs at you, how stupid are they? Are they really that immature to laugh at this beautiful girl who is so confident that she wants to go out on this little handmade stage in a wheelchair, which is under a gravel pit? So um, I was really angry, and I had made a bet with my friends and family, and I said, if I win this pageant, I'm going to start a pageant for girls with special needs and challenges. And I ended up not winning but they said, you know, why, why did you have to win to start this pageant? And they kept saying, you can do it, Abby. You can do it. You can start this pageant. And so I kind of just took the name and all of the positive feedback I was getting and created Miss You Can Do It. Tell us about the amazing team that you have behind you and how it all works. Let's start with how the pageant works and how many contestants and just all the important stuff, Abby. Well, we take the first 50 contestants every year, which we are trying to model off of, um, of course, my baby, which is Miss USA. That was the best, one of the best experiences of my life. So um, they run their pageant extremely well, and I would like to, you know, be up there with them one day. So we model it off of them. So I try to take the first 50 girls. Sometimes I, you know, get super soft and take 55 or 60, but we try to keep it at 50. They come from all over the world, actually. We just got an email this week about a contestant wanting to come from Mexico, and we've already had contestants come from Canada. So they're definitely international as well, but they all fly to Kiwani for the weekend, and we're really excited because Friday is always fun. It's rehearsal. There's a few surprises in store for them on Friday, but Saturday we make different every single year. It is, I mean, we have a lighting crew. We have Snow White, Cinderella, and even Rapunzel from Tangled this year that come and surprise the girls. There's a pizza party. Um, we have um, the amazing Sodastrom Skin Institute backing us up, and they bring in their wonderful team of estheticians and cosmetologists that do the girls' makeup, and they add glitter, and each little girl gets to spend time with them so that they get all glamorous for the pageant. And then the girls you know, step on stage and compete. And we really try to turn it into, you know, a breathtaking 
surreal, almost like a Disney World feeling when you walk through the gates and finally see the Magic Kingdom. We try to, you know, make it like that, which I think that we've done a really good job at achieving that, you know, awe moment. (laughs) So the girls have a wonderful time, and surprisingly, everyone gets a crown, everyone gets a sash, everyone gets a gift bag, um, everyone gets pretty much the same, even if you've won Queen, which is kind of fun, because hopefully no one besides a couple audience members actually realize who won Queen and who just won for being part of the pageant, if that makes any sense. That makes per- that makes perfect sense. I know one of your favorite parts of the competition because I've seen the uh, documentary twice on HBO in preparation for the interview is the interview portion of uh, the judging and I know that's one of you, I know that's one of your favorite parts. Tell us about that because I think you have a unique perspective on that and a unique way that that's done. Well, we have two parts of the pageant that the girls are actually quote-unquote in an interview. One is private interview and one is on-stage interview, and I think both of them are crucial. Um, <laughs> I'm, I love each girl so, so much, and in loving them so much, I also am like, I feel like I'm just hard on the fact that you need to go into the private interview by yourself, and you need to stand on stage by yourself and answer your on-stage question, because you can do it. You can you can answer these questions. You don't need your mom. You might have needed your mom for the past 12 years because you do have a disability, but you don't need her is the point. You can do this yourself. You are independent. You are beautiful. So putting them alone in an interview of a panel of seven judges, I know it's nerve-wracking, but that's the point because when they leave the interview after their two minutes are up, they are so confident because they did this by themselves. They didn't need anybody's help. And our judges are so incredible that, I mean, if you are nonverbal, then you can just kind of nod or be excited because they'll say, you know, wow, your shoes are so pretty. Are they hot pink? You don't say anything. So immediately our judges will go, well, it says here that hot pink is your favorite color. Hot pink is my favorite color, too. So it's very smooth. It's very easy. But it's still two minutes where this girl is not with her family. She's not with her, you know, aid from school. She's not with her brother. She is all by herself in a panel of seven strangers. And when you leave that, you are super confident because you did it all by yourself. Abby, as you tell us there, here's my thought. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I love doing this on this show, so uh, bear with me. But uh, I, I, too, I haven't seen the, the, the documentary per se, but I have gone to science seen some of the beautiful pictures of your girls and, and your judges and everything like that and the interactions going on. So give us a moment here, if you can, and let us know about one of your really personal favorite stories of one of these girls that you kind of see saw the transformation from start to finish if you can is there one that kind of just sits in your heart that you can tell us about and just just kind of bring us into this moment with you wow there are so so many stories and i guess i've been working on the princesses meaning snow white and cinderella just today before i was talking to you so this story stands out um one of our little girls and she's actually in the documentary was so excited to meet Snow White and Cinderella that she walks with braces and a walker. And so her mom was telling us at the pageant that she, as soon as she lets go of the walker and walks at least three steps by herself, then she can go to Disney World and meet Snow White and Cinderella. So she's practicing and she's trying and, you know, she knows she's going to do it someday. But while she's doing this, we got to say, Madison, and she turns around, and Snow White and Cinderella are right behind her. And she is so little, and she's crying, and her mom is crying, and we're crying. And I know the Snow White and Cinderella personally, and they did not know that they would be loved so much. And she was just squealing, and it was the best moment that I could give this to her. And that, you know, she got her dream come true right here at the pageant, and it was so, so amazing. It sticks with me forever. Wow! Wow! Thank you so much for doing what you do. Uh, that that sounds amazing. Um, how about let, let's talk a little bit about uh, because you're likely dealing with some girls and some of the parents are in a maybe a slightly 
different place than the girls are. So um, let's talk a little bit about the parental interactions that you're seeing from some of your contestants as well. And uh, it, it, does that factor in for you in a in a in a, in a unique way per se? The parents' interaction with the girls. With with you and what they what they're seeing, how you the things that you're bringing out of their children, for example. What are those some of those moments? Oh. Those parental moments like. I mean, I do. I think that the parents are shocked because, you know, this year it's our 10th anniversary. I'm so excited about that. And we have so many cool surprises. And for our Miss Girls, we actually have a incredible choreographer who's doing a, like, 45-second little opening number, just like you'd see at Miss USA, with our Miss contestant. And so many of their parents invite back to me and say, my daughter can't do this. You know, she's in a wheelchair. Sorry, but we are Miss You Can Do It. So we're not going to say that you can't do it. We know you can do it, or we wouldn't be creating this little opening number. Of course you can do it. You can't enter Miss You Can Do It and tell us you can't do it. That doesn't make any sense. So I am always so excited because I think that the parents just obviously want to protect their kids, but they also may underestimate them in the meantime, and I kind of know better. So... (laughs) I just put them out there, and then hopefully, I've seen a few of the, a little bit of this happen, but after pageant weekend, you know, they realize that, wow, my daughter is not afraid to speak on stage by herself, and my daughter is not afraid to do an opening number, and maybe she can do a real pageant, a regular pageant, and be up there with the Miss USA contestants, because there's no reason these girls can't be competing at Miss USA, and Maybe she could join speech in class. I think that this pageant weekend opens a lot of doors for them because the kids are doing out of the norm. Abby, just uh, while we're on this topic, you've been touching, you know, my heart string, you know, and uh, that's why I asked a little bit of the question with the parents as well. But we will probably do this again at the end of the show, and people can always go to the show site to see how to how to link up with you. But what are the best, some of the best ways that others who, like you say, you are People are coming internationally now as well to be a part of your pageant. What are some of the best ways that parents or girls can, who, who are interested and love hearing this, or someone who's listening might want to share with another family member or friend, what are the best ways that they can connect with you and be a part of this event? Uh, what, are, what are some things you suggest to do? I would suggest to go to MissYouCanDoIt.com, and then there is a Contact Us page, and just send us an email. Um, I'm blessed by the fact that I have 8,000 unread emails, so I am working on them. I'm working on them as we speak, and my voicemail is full, but I promise I will get to you. Just give me 48 hours. My friends and I are trying to get through them as much as possible, so we are so excited. It's a high volume of interest in the pageant this year. (laughs) This might take me a day to get to your email. (laughs) Abby, that's great. Uh, the, we talked about a little bit throughout this interview so far, the HBO documentary. Just how did the documentary come about? That was just such a crazy experience. I never, ever would have thought that HBO would have done a documentary on this. You can do it since we're just a small town. And I started this by myself. So it was a dream come true. Ron Davis is a documentary filmmaker, and he contacted me in 2008. He had seen um, People Magazine did a story on me, and they included a picture of the Miss You Can Do It pageant. People Magazine did a story for the um, me being the first girl with a disability to compete in the Miss USA pageant. But Ron picked up on this little picture of Miss You Can Do It, And he contacted me and asked if he could come out and try to make some type of movie or documentary on the pageant. And we agreed to let him. So he came in 2008 and 2009. And in 2009, he sent it to Sundance Film Festival, which I guess liked it, and HBO found it there. And then he came back in 2010 and 2011 and that is when he made the documentary for HBO. So we were really, really excited, and it was a long time coming, but we're so happy with it. What do you think is the most inspiring part or the part that you like the best about the documentary? I really like, um, and I know you said that you watched it, so I really like Tiana. Um, She is a beautiful, beautiful girl in a wheelchair, and she wrote a speech. 
And her speech was, and hopefully you remember this part, but her speech was about how everyone thinks that she is disabled, that the definition of disabled is not having any power. And she says she does have power. And you, you know that her speech is slightly delayed and it's hard to understand. But when she gave us this amazing speech in the documentary, it shows that her mind is perfect. She understands everything that you're saying. And she is just, if not smarter than everyone else. And so she just wants to be treated like everyone else and looked at like everyone else. And it was just a really, really touching part of the documentary for me. I would have to say that that was one of my favorite parts, too, Abby. And I do remember that part that you're speaking of uh, because I nearly uh, I nearly lost it watching the documentary, uh, you know, just seeing that part because I could I could feel that intensity and I could feel that sincerity in what she was saying and the fact that she was actually saying that on camera and showing the confidence and courage was just a great uh, movie and film moment made the documentary really come alive so I would definitely agree with you there but I mean they all have stories and that's really hard for me now because normally I just see them for the weekend and now I know that they might have had a difficult time at home or they're getting made fun of and all of that stuff just breaks my heart and I had no idea how much each of them wanted the crown and when I say the crown I mean I guess the real crown because they know the difference between the one that's in their gift bag and the one that's on the trophy and they want the one that's on the trophy Yes, Abby as you talk about it, we'll probably want to come back uh, after our next break and talk a little bit more and get a little deeper into your future plans but as you just kind of break down this opportunity of seeing what the documentary with HBO has provided and you talk about these young ladies coming having this experience and going back you know a transform uh, person even better than the greatness that they had to begin with just give us a little glimpse as we come back and talk more about it too but give us a little glimpse about what you think where you see this project going uh that you have begun i hope that you know in the next i don't don't even want to say five years i hope in the next year or two years you are seeing tons of advertisements on tv to you know like turn in live uh watch you know Miss You Can Do It 2015 live on NBC or live on ABC or one of those big channels that, you know, you're going to, your family's going to sit in front of the TV and watch this and you're going to hear about it all week long. And, you know, you're going to have the repeat on stage questions, right? Isn't that what always happens? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rich, uh, I mean, as as we go to break here, give us a little bit because you have some some specific insight into um, some of these young lives and what's going on here as well. Obviously, you created this show, Motivation with a Purpose. So, can you tell us a little bit of what you're feeling as we talk about this uh, conversation? Well, what I'm what I'm getting here, Zeke, is, uh, and I want to say this to all of our listeners: I think that Abby Kern is one of the best examples of motivation with a purpose that we've ever had on the show, and her project is an example of someone actually putting their words into action. And I think that's the second point that I want people to get out of today's show, is that she is a living example of motivation with a purpose, and she has taken that negative motivation and turned it into a positive and impacted people's lives, as we've heard, all around the world. And she's made a difference And that means that you can make a difference. Mm. And we'll be back with more on Motivation with a Purpose right after this time out. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose radio on TalkZone.com. Now back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, as always, again to Motivation with the Purpose here on TalkZone.com. We have an amazing guest on today. Abby Kern is the founder of the Miss You Can Do It pageant, and uh, she's just been giving us some tremendous thoughts and stories about uh, what she has been doing. Her documentary has also been uh, aired on HBO as well, and uh, and so just some wonderful things. Abby, as we continue this conversation, please, uh, 
we want you to kind of give us an idea of um, how this pageant, this pageant again, has influenced you personally and professionally. Can you share a little bit of that with us, please? How Miss You Can Do It has... Uh, yeah, how's it, how's, it, how's the pageant influenced you personally and professionally? Um, I think that the, the pageant definitely has a huge impact on my life because I probably work on the pageant seven days a week, at least 10 hours a day. So it's definitely a huge part of my life. And I just, I love doing this. I mean, I hate doing the paperwork and I hate writing, you know, checks and paying for stuff and looking at bills and buying insurance and all that stuff is horrible. But it's the girls that inspire me to keep doing it. And it really just makes me excited and it shows me that there is joy in writing and paying bills because of moments like I told you earlier when Tiana was saying that she is full of power, so she's not disabled, and the little Madison who got to meet Snow White and Cinderella. So all of those moments make all of the difficult moments of doing the business side of the pageant worth it, and it just makes me really excited to get everything perfect, whether it be book work, paperwork, or decorations, or gift bags for the girls. I just want everything to be perfect because they're worth it. And um, professionally, I think that the pageant influences me because now I know that, I mean, everyone is afraid. Everyone builds walls in their own head that can set them up for failure. And everyone is just nervous about being made fun of or what other people think. And the pageant has taught me, I don't care what other people think. I could care less if you guys hang up from the interview and laugh at my outfit or the way my voice sounds or whatever. It doesn't matter because, I mean, who cares? You, could, Everyone could do that to everyone all of the time. And I just, that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. I, I could just, I guess I just have like a carefree mind when it comes to other people's opinions. Abby, how does what you've accomplished and what the girls have accomplished through Miss You Can Do It impact what our definition of beauty really is. I think that true beauty is a state of mind. It's all about confidence. I mean, the worst outfit in the world can look extremely, extremely beautiful on someone who is confident. It's about how you wear the outfit. So for for these girls in the pageant, it's about how you showcase yourself. I mean, if you can't have confidence and showcase yourself, in a positive way and make yourself look quote-unquote beautiful, who can do it? Nobody can do it as well as you can. And these girls do go on stage and they're smiling and they're speaking and they're answering questions and they're waving and they're confident. And all of that confidence takes away any braces, takes away any sight of walkers. All you see is how confident and radiant and sparkling they are and they are truly beautiful. Abby, I've looked at the pictures on the website, and I concur with you. There is absolute beautiful images of these young ladies and what they do, and their, their smiles are bright and radiant, and that's a smile that is not one that was forced upon her face, but is, is one that comes from within the, de- the depth of the soul. Uh, but as we talk about this thing, this definition of beauty, and I know you can have you have more to give us here, but... We have a culture that talks about, you know, obviously the pageant is, you know, is, is probably even more from a, uh, the, the irony of the situation, if we can call it that. The pageant obviously is there showing the, the outer beauty of these young people as well. But we have a culture that, that talks about perfection in every way, especially when it comes to females out there and whether it's the billboards or the internet or everything else, you know, we have the, 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 the airbrush pictures. And so, Again, let's let's talk about this definition of beauty. When you see about what the, how the culture portrays beauty, which is a lot of time is superficial to, to most of us, if we understand people de- deeply, what is your uh, impression of what the culture says beauty is? Oh, wow. You saved the hardest one for asking you. Um, I guess for... From my own perspective, I, I do work out, and I believe in working out, and I believe in makeup and all of those things. But those things, I think, at least for me personally, make me more confident. They make me feel better so that I can go 
compete in pageants or speak in front of, you know, a, a crowd of 500. So those things are kind of like braces for a walker for me in the sense that I just feel like I'm not going to fall or I'm not going to fail. But I think that, I mean, society needs to really listen to what's in people's heart because that's what makes them beautiful. I actually just posted something on Facebook the other day, and I have learned that it doesn't matter, you know, if you're 10 or 110, and it doesn't matter if you're purple, you're black, you're white, or you have three legs or two legs, but it's all about who you are as a person. Like I've learned that maybe the, you know, the the girl in class that didn't smell so good, you might've thought about that, you know, from kindergarten to eighth grade, but guess what? That girl might be the nicest, sweetest girl. She's not stabbing me in the back. She's asking me if I need help to my car. And I wish I would have known that stuff back in kindergarten because I, I would have been a better person. So none of that stuff matters. So I know that society does airbrush and, and it's all about beauty. And that is nice to look at. And when you look like those billboards, you are more confident. But it's also about what's in your heart. And the nicest, most beautiful person might not look like the billboard. And I'm pretty sure she doesn't. Would you be there? Go ahead, Zeke. Sorry, Rich. Yeah, would you, as you say that, would you look at some of the lives of these young um, girls that you're dealing with uh, and so forth? And uh, as you were speaking, Abby, the word authenticity kept ringing in my head. Um, Is there is there uh, something of when you when you look at what's going on with your pageant and and that word authenticity, you know? Is there something there that rings with you as well? Because I'm, I want to say that you have a whole different perspective, like you just described to some extent a few minutes ago, about what authentic friendship, authentic relationships, and so forth look like. From if you compare what you dealt with personally yourself, maybe in when you did Miss USA, the the, the girls that are actually out there with the modeling contracts and everything. How do you how do you compare and contrast contrast authenticity between these two worlds? I really think that the two worlds are the same. And I think that it's all about, I mean, when I went to Miss USA, I knew nothing. If you look at my photos now, when you look at my photos from Miss USA, I mean, who knew about crust white strips? <laughs> what an incredible advan- advancement to society is crust white strips. Why don't people tell you this stuff? And who knew about manis and petties? What, what the heck is a mani and petty anyway? Somebody painting your toenails? Nobody told me this stuff, and I'm not even kidding you. I was not aware of all of this stuff. So I think it's just the fact that half of the society doesn't even know about this stuff, and the other half of it doesn't have the finances to purchase this stuff because it's not important. I mean, I think paying for your house is more important than paying for crushed white strips and a mani-pedi, but you're just not aware of it. And going to Miss USA, I learned about all of this stuff, and I think that a lot of people could fit into the the, you know, modeling look, but they just don't have, that's not priority to them. They want to, you know, provide for their family. They want to send their kids to college or they want to go to college themselves. So it's not that we couldn't be in the same world. It's that it's just harder for some people and they just have priorities. And maybe their priority is keeping their sweet 90-year-old grandma out of the nursing home instead of paying for hair extensions and manicures and whitening your teeth. Abby, what do you want people to take away from today's show? Um, I think that it goes back to my favorite quote in the entire world, which is just accomplishment begins with two words. I'll try and that we never know unless we try. So I hope that listeners don't assume that they can't be president because, you know, maybe they couldn't even win president of their student council 10 years ago. I hope that they don't put unrealistic assumptions on their life. They need to, even if it's the biggest dream in the entire world, you don't know that you can't achieve it until you get out there and you try it. What's the next big dream for Abby Curran? I think that I do want to change the way that people with disabilities live. I'd like to come up with my own type of very stylish um, medical equipment 
and I'd like to come up with my own stylish version of shoes since that is a huge, huge thing for people with disabilities because your braces can't fit in the pretty stilettos with the red bottoms on the on, on them. For right, some reason, they just aren't built with a you know the ability to fit in your big plastic brace. So um, I mean, I, I just want everyone to be able to fit into society and feel loved and beautiful. And that's another thing. People with disabilities can't fit into those six-inch stilettos. But it's not that we don't want to. It's that no one's made them for us. Those are some excellent goals, Abby. Thank you very much for being part of our show today. You are a true inspiration, definite motivation with a purpose. Zeke, give us the information one more time for people to tune in to uh, Miss You Can Do It, the pageant, and to also help with the Talk Zone survey and win some great prizes. Go for it, my absolutely, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, we have had Abby Curran with, yeah, she is the founder and organizer of Miss You Can Do It, the Miss You Can Do It pageant. And please, uh, the quickest way to find Abby and her information uh, is by going to the talkzone.com motivation with the purpose show and all her her links to her website and those pretty images we've been talking about uh, are on there for you to connect with Abby and do not hesitate if you uh, you have some thoughts of this wonderful young lady in your life part of this beautiful uh, experience as Abby has so eloquently described today please go ahead and do so and connect with her immediately and find out what uh, what she knows that can help that life also don't forget our survey uh, to, again on the talk zone page our motivation with the purpose page our surveys there we want to know what you think we want to know who you are we want to be able to serve you better so um Yes, we need your words, we need your input, and we will continue to make sure we bring the best conversations here to you and very strategic about how we can impact your life, most of all, how we can all be motivated for the right purposes in our lives. Uh, Rich? Zeke, what did you learn from today's show? We have a little bit of time left. I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. As I sat here and just listening, recalling some of those pictures that I looked at on the website and even, um, you know, I, I, I always like to hear the authenticity again of how people perceive certain facts of life because, you know, the facts of life drive our motivation, our purpose, and what we are about. And when you hear of these wonderful sort of Abby's own personal story and then these young people, uh, my, my, I, I'm, I'm always flabbergasted and just say, wow, what beauty, what true beauty we're hearing about. Well, for me, see. Zeke, I would have to agree with you, and I think Abby shared some very important points with us. One person can make a difference, and the word try is the biggest and most important word in our vocabulary every day, because everything that we decide to do, we first have to make that first step to try and be a success, and with that, We want to invite everyone to come back next week for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com.